And welcome back to another service here at the Altar of Noise. My name is Josh and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Simon and another good friend, Mr. Jim. Jim, how are you? I am very well, thank you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> welcome, Jim. Welcome. Thank you very much. We. Uh, when do we have this idea, bringing Jim along for the... For the good for, things? For the, yeah, for doing this episode. Um, Right, it was. I probably. I think when we started booking the tickets to go to Good Things, we're like, "Oh, we should, we should talk about Good Things." We probably need to get, you know, the other person who's coming with us. We need to get their opinion as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, our first proper kind of live review. Yeah. And first, dedicated episode. And first proper like live guest. So, how do you feel there, Jim? How do you do? You feel honored? How do you feel? Honored and terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, there's yeah. nothing to be terrified about. No, I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> Unless you talk shit about one of the bands and they hear it. Then you might I would never. I would never. <laughs> Unless it was... Um... It's not what you're doing yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly... Let's just bring me the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> On, honestly, it's the best poss- uh, possibility. Uh, possibility? No. Honestly, it's the best policy. 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 Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, so we are recording today from Melbourne. Um, in the uh, pinkest spare bedroom that has ever been known to man. Um, uh, having just been to Good Things the day before. And so uh, also just audio quality. We Jim and I are sharing a mic, so there might be moments where we fade in and out, but you'll always hear Simon's dulcet tones. Yeah, <laughs> you will. <laughs> you will. Um, so, yeah, we thought we'd... Let's do a quick review about what we experienced at uh, this festival, uh, the the good things, the first one of a uh, three-show leg. Mm. It's been our first festival. We were all trying to work out our last festival. Yeah. And I don't think we ever came to a conclusion, but I think we all guessed it was Soundwave. Uh, as a trio? No, just as in general. Well, I went to Grapevine where I saw oh, the Veronica's. Oh, yeah, no, you did, you did. And I went to Laneway where I saw the Chats in 1975. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, been no, to a I couple I haven't been to a festival in a little bit, I don't think. Slackers. I don't think. I mean, you say that, but you've not seen any bands ever, so you're still well behind. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to just do festivals for a few years to catch up. Excuse me, I went to 10 Big Day Outs. Yeah. And then you just stopped going to anything. Yeah, <laughs> didn't need to. Saw everything I needed to. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Also, the first festival experience in a while. Yeah, which was cool for yeah. me. It was uh, it was good to get back into the swings of it, Jim. Uh, what did what did you make of it? Uh, first time out getting to one of these things in a, quite a while. Uh yeah. Well, my last festival definitely was Soundwave um, when they had the failed experiment of the two day version, I believe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so just the festival thing, like I've realised yesterday how much I've missed that atmosphere because like heavy music has been sorely lacking in Australia in that sense for a long time. Like we've been crying out for a festival for ages and I know we had that one or two 
Download. Yeah, there was download, Melbourne and editions, think, and there was Unify as well. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, nothing quite to this scale. I don't think. Yeah, I think this has been overall a resounding success and a return to form, really, for for our festival circuit. I think in general, I think in general, from going along and. Uh, if we're just looking at it as a pure festival sense, I would say it was a success. Um, the la- like Flemington Racecourse, uh, first time going there for a festival, and I thought the layout was pretty good. Um, uh, they had some big marquees up for shade, which was excellent. Lots of lots of food trucks, ludicrous amount of food trucks. Yeah, um, only one that I know that had their F post stop working, so they're like. Where's your cash? And we're like, we were told this was cashless, but whatever. <laughs> um, but a uh, good amount of bars um, and the lines there mm. weren't too ridiculous. Yeah, the, every time I went to the bar, it moved quick. Yeah. Um, the the merch stands seemed to be the ones that were lagging a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they looked like they were pretty much struggling. Yeah. That, um, that said, there was a f- like three merch stands. What is it about Four or five. So they had, they did have enough merch stands. It just seemed like it was just slow. I guess because people go, "Oh, what do you think I am? A large or a medium?" I'm like, I don't fucking. You're know, a fat dude. fuck. Just put get the extra large. <laughs> just, gra- <laughs> just grab something, you twat. So I guess that's why. I mean, when you go to a bar, you usually you know have your you mind mean. made up by the time you get there. So yeah. you're like, "Yep, four of them." Yeah, I think. Um, they also had like a couple of. Uh, Jim's just confirmed it was five merch stands. There you go. Five. And they were still they were still under the pump. Yeah, they were um, under the pump. Over near like – so they had in total they had five stages, two main, two, two semi-main and like a small little local thing. And they – near the small little local one, they had uh, stalls set up for sunglasses and hats and other paraphernalia. So that was good. Yeah. yeah I forgot that they had them at Big Day Out as well. Like I remember there being – when you walked – I don't know what you would call it, like the courtyardy bit. Yeah, they had all the stalls, which had like the fake merch, which yeah. they had there. They had there yesterday as well, like yeah. selling Nirvana shirts and Misfit shirts and shit yeah. like that. And then yeah, all the ones selling all the straw hats and yeah, bring bring me the vertical shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the the return of the festival trash stands. Yeah. The stuff you buy because you think you need it for that day and you never use it again. Yeah. Yeah. I Just thinking about it, the problem with the merch stands might have been the fact that not all the merch stands had the same stuff. Because remember that smaller one near the small stage only had good things. And a couple of Deftones t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wanted like say Tism or something, you had to piss off to that main one. That's probably why... They kind of accidentally directed everyone to to the one <laughs> instead of splitting them up. But I mean, and even thinking about just thinking about it now, like the small one that only had good things paraphernalia, it was all the t-shirts. It wasn't like the, it was the return of the music basketball jerseys, yeah, um, which were I thought ludicrously priced at eighty dollars, mm. but whatever. Um, but yeah, that other small one only had the t-shirts, didn't yeah. have the basketball tops, which lot of people were wearing yeah yeah so call the call the old train out public transport was pretty easy to get to a little crowded <laughs> a little crowded but it was fine yeah um and then yeah rocking up and it was a gorgeous day was we kind of lucked out with that 
Yeah. Especially it being Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Melbourne. Four seasons in a day in Melbourne. Yeah. But uh, no, that was good. It was good. It was quick to get in as well. Yeah. Ticketing, getting in, getting your wristband. It was all quick. It was all good. Um, Yeah. I'll, I'm not – I wasn't sold on Flemington. I was mm. sold on the layout. I thought I'd done well with the layout, but there was just a lot of tarmac, which mm. surprised me a bit. Um, I see that as a problem purely for the heat. Yeah, if it was a hotter day, anything over – Sort of 25, 26 degrees, that would have started cooking. Yeah. And it really bad. It, it was weird because it cut through the sections of the main stage crowd as well, up to a certain point, and then it was grass the closer that you got to the stage. But yeah, I just found that weird, especially it being the main stage and you're expecting large crowds who are most likely going to mosh. Didn't seem like the safest thing either. Yeah, in in terms of the layout as well, I think the big um, bone like plus on that was that you could go to the bar, and you were still within vision of the yeah. st- of the main stages, and I think the third and fourth stage as well. So yeah. you you could go to the bar, get a drink, even even wander towards the toilets and whatever, and you're not really missing anything, which I yeah. think is huge on a festival that, especially for us, yeah. had a fair few clashes and a bit of bit of dashing between stages to catch what we wanted to catch so yeah yeah uh, apart from that though like i thought they they set it out well yeah sure yeah i and i, th- I thought this is gonna sound weird but the toilet block was m- fucking massive there are a couple of different toilet stops i was like this is great so many places to go when you've got the blood of the size of a pea yeah this is awesome um but yeah uh, all in all venue wise you know I understand what you're saying about the the concrete. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, but I I totally give it an A for that. I thought it was all in all, you know, take the concrete aside, it would have been perfect. A plus. Yeah, yeah. It was but, set out well. But yeah. Um, and then I think we're, who did we kick our day off with? We kicked our day off with To the Grave. To the Grave. I forgot about them. To the Grave. So we went for a wonder, sorted ourselves out. Yeah. Got our bearings. And then we went to, I want to say, stage four. There you go. And watch, yeah, To the Grave. Yeah, because we knew that there was a band coming up that we wanted to see. So we're like, oh, we got time to kill. Let's go see who's playing now. And To the Grave we're playing. And this is probably where we encountered the first problem of good things for the Dave, and that was sound. Mm, yes. So the at the Grave were like a metal core thing with a – Pig squealing singer, yeah, who's also a vegan, and complained that they put vegans at a race course. Just like, well, if you don't want the gig, don't play, mate. Um, but they played this metalcore thing, and the first thing we notice is where are the double kicks? Yeah, there was a lot of it was very breakdowny for those who don't know. To the grave, a lot of breakdowns and a lot of pig squealing, and uh, you could hear. His vocals, you could hear the cymbals and the snare. You could hear an 808 bass drop every bar for no fucking reason. And then there was just no bass drum. And it was really fucking annoying, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I mean, I'm not into that kind of music, but it lost all its oomph, I thought. 
Like very, very low impact. Like yeah. I think, I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we noticed throughout the day that that stage had issues um, and combined with their structure of their songs, yeah. it really was quite laid bare. Um, yeah, so when you're not into that style, it was really hard to enjoy the first act of the day, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we, we know that festival sound isn't as good a quality as a, a headline show at a theatre and a club or whatever, but one thing I like about festivals is usually the bass drum crushes your fucking rib cage. No matter who's playing, it could be a pop act, it could be like this to the grave. Bass drum usually kicks you in the chest and that kind of gives you that that energy to want to move, to mm. want to get involved. And yeah, I just I just thought I mean they they looked like they were performing well. They sounded, from what we could tell, performing well. It wasn't anything to do with them. Um I thought they were let down heaps by that that sound. I mean, then we wandered over and we saw the winner of the Battle of the Bands. They looked like they were just happy to be there, which is great. You know, they had some low. Speaking of sound, yeah, speaking of the sound, they they had much better sound than To the Grave. (laughs) They did. They had a much better sound. And they had more instruments. Yeah. There, There was more instruments. I mean, I think To the Grave had a backing track because that 808 was just dropping all the fucking time, which is just stupid. But um, I reckon they yeah, had keyboards, yeah, didn't clean. they? The the battle of the bands. I think it was two guitarists, bass, singer, drummer, possibly keys. If not, possibly. it was a backing track, either or. But yeah, they sounded they sounded crystal clear. Yeah. Did you catch the name? Because I completely. Well, they were, they, they were, said it. They said it. Yeah. They said it. And they had a little crowd yeah. and he acknowledged them. He's like, we've got a couple of people at the front of you to come all our shows. Thank you heaps for coming. Yeah. They seemed very, yeah, they seemed very um, happy. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you want. You love it when you see the winners of these battles of the bands that get up and, you know, this is their goal to play these sorts of festivals and they get to achieve it. And, you know, they've got people that supported them all the way through to be there as well. Yeah. Always a nice feeling. Yeah. Nice good. feeling. Um, but yeah, after that we waddled around and then headed back to the main stage for the first main stage gig of the day, which was Ginger. Ginger. So I didn't know anything about Ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon filled me in as we walked along, and I have to say they were pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I'm already a, I was already a fan, so mm. I'd like to hear your your take on it. Yeah. Well, I think Ginger definitely is fits within the style of metal that I get into. Um, and I had never heard a single song of theirs prior to yesterday. And I'm a fan. I'm a convert. So I think they'll be added to my uh, streaming service playlists. Lovely. Um, yeah. Um, I just was so blown away by, uh, and I haven't researched her name yet, but um, the, the front woman's range of vocals just blew me away. Yeah, Tatiana is her name. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she's absolutely incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Um, not only does she um, perform well, but her stage presence is phenomenal as well. Like she's just up there having the time of her life. Yeah. Serious music. 
They mm. obviously have a serious message as well with the, the war in Ukraine happening. Being the Ukrainians. Yeah, being Ukrainians. But um, you could tell that she was just having fun, dancing around. Engaging. Pulling faces. And yeah. Yeah, I thought they were fantastic. They were probably the act of the day for me. Yeah, yeah, I think I can agree with that. Like similar, like never heard Ginger before. I was actually talking to Meg last night and she's like, oh, I love Ginger. They're great. I was like, mm. oh, cool. Um, uh, but I, I loved it. Her clean vocals were great. Her roars were great. Um, the growling totally worked. Um, but yes, I thought they just performed really well. And but it's it's interesting because I think I, I said this at one point. You say I'm like, I really enjoyed it. I don't. I would probably add one or two songs to like their my, to my playlist. But I think experiencing them experiencing them in a festival setting was probably the best way to be introduced because I kind of got that what they're really about. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to embrace uh, like their stage presence. You get to know them because sometimes when you hear these new bands and it's just on a, on a CD, you're like, oh, okay, well, they're in a studio, they're recording something. You see these guys on stage, you're like, all right, they're, they're, they fucking love what they do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I and thought they were, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. The one little, little gripe I had was because uh, obviously on the main stages they had several large screens around so you could see what was happening from a good distance and uh, they mainly focused on the singer, obviously, um, the drummer and the bassist. And I'm like, pan the, pan the camera to the guitarist because he is fucking shredding. Yeah. He was so good. But yeah. He was also, yeah, he was also kind of like the quiet achiever of the band because – the whole band was in black. He was wearing white um, and he was kind of just off to the side doing his thing yeah. and the rest of the band was sort of really rocking out. Yeah, he, he rocked out the least. Yeah. Not to say that he didn't have much of a stage presence but like he compared to the other ones who were like the bassist was like I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a massive fan of Rhino from Mudvayne. Yeah, I could see just that. Just because of the way he was like leaning back and pulling the faces yep. as he's had the bass up away high and running around side to side. Yeah. So um yeah. But in saying that, uh it was during Ginger we got to watch the crowd surfer play Connect Four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. There was a guy crowd surfing with a suddenly we were watching on the screen, suddenly you see this Connect Four board come up and we're like, hang on, what the fuck? <laughs> and there is Pantwit, there's this guy playing Connect Four. He's up on someone's shoulders while a guy <laughs> is standing holding it up at like full arm straight length. <laughs> it was gold. And then the, dishing out the pieces like there was an actual proper game. Yeah, there was a game happening. And, and it held like he probably held it up there for a good couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kudos to the guy standing there with the, the Connect Four that's, game. That's such an awesome festival moment. You don't get that at regular shows. Yeah. Like just that silliness. Yeah, like. Didn't Some see, of the best memories are seeing things like that. And didn't, like, see that, didn't see that during the Veronicas. <laughs> <laughs> but that was gold. That was absolutely gold. Yeah, that was good. Um, from Ginger, we had uh, Mill and Colin, which was on the next stage. The next main um, stage over. Yeah. And it was, I actually felt sorry for Mill and Colin a little bit because it was going to be very hard to follow Ginger because they had just blown everyone away. There was a lot of passion involved, obviously, with the Ukrainian thing. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of support. Like, they generated a large crowd. Yeah. And then Millen comes, Millen Colin comes along, and I love Millen Colin, mm -hmm. but they didn't look like they were having the best time. And again, 
sound issues. The bass kept cutting in and out. Yeah. Um, it seemed like one of the other guitars was dropping in and out. Um, the lead singer didn't look like he was having fun at all. Mm. I mean, the two guitarists were running around being punk stars. Yeah. Um, the drummer was really weird. Yeah. He looked like a robot. He's He's was just staring straight forward and his arms moved and that was it. It was yeah. really fucking wearing, weird to wearing watch. Sunnies. Yeah, it was really weird to watch. Like he played well, but it was just like he looked like he was just terrified, um, which he could be. I mean, there's lots of well-known performers who stage fright, so he, he could he could have been. Yeah, he – um yeah, so it was just, it was a, it just weird. disappointing. Mm. To add to that, though, because I know you guys went off to do something else and I saw the end of Millen Collins' set, it did seem like they leaned a little bit more into the performance and opened up a bit more towards the end. Yeah. Um, maybe that's because they were getting a bit more feedback from the crowd, a bit of their old school kind of hits. Like I think they ended up with – they ended the set with um, No Cigar. Um, obviously, that's a massive crowd pleaser. So it seemed like they were – that yeah. leaned into it a bit by the end, but yeah. when you're playing a 40 minute set at a festival, you gotta go out guns blazing, especially from the, from the first second, especially from a pop punk band. Like, mm. I expect energy. Yeah. Like, you expect them to just run out, fucking jump around like idiots. For I mean, yes, they are getting older, so I get that as well. But yeah, but so is Iggy Pop, and he still runs around like a yeah. maniac. Yeah, and like the two, <laughs> like I said, the two guitarists were were moving and having having a ball. It, it just looked like the singer slash bassist couldn't get over the technical issues that he was having because he did wander off to the side to speak to people yeah. in between songs. So there was obviously something going on that he wasn't happy with, which happens. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. maybe. maybe at some point during the set after we left, he just went, well, you know, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which okay. is what realistically he should have done from the start. song one. If yeah. they just go, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm in Australia. To me, they started out strong. Like, I was super pumped because they played Kemp, which is yeah. a straight up fucking banger. And that was a great way to start. And then you just know that, but he's so hyped up because it's Mill and Colin playing. You're super excited. And then you realize second song and you're like, oh, something's not right. Oh, yeah. he's a bit miserable. Yeah. yeah. He's, it, he sounded great singing though. Oh, yeah. Which surprised, like I've never seen Melon Colin, but I've seen enough pop punk bands to know that the singer doesn't always sound very good. <laughs> They're usually too busy having fun and which is kind of like a trade-off I accept in yeah. that realm. Um, but he sounded great. sounded Sung yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add to that there, Jim? No. Uh, so from like about halfway through that is when we encountered like our, what was going to be the first potential clash of the day, um, which was Sabaton and uh, Electric Callboy. So we made the call. Simon and I started to waddle over to Electric Callboy, um, which we, before Electric Callboy, we had Cosmic Psychonauts. Cosmic Psychos. Same thing, um, uh, which played great classic pop up rock. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, but they were good. Um, they had they actually had the crowd in their hand. The crowd was fucking enjoying them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we went to Electric Callboy. Jim went to Sabaton. He was going to join us, but you didn't. And why was that there, Jim? That 
Sabaton were the absolute highlight of my day. Like Ginger were close, but Sabaton, like as a bit of a power metal geek, they just came out and played eight or nine bangers, like full on classic, you know, they're, they're, if for those who don't know, they're a band that are, um, all their songs are about military history, basically. World War One, World War Two, pretty much 80% of their songs, I would say. Yeah, so they brought in their 40-minute set um, a full pyrotechnic display on most of their songs. we got to say that this was at 2.15 in the afternoon. 2.15. <laughs> and, and, like... To contrast that with Mill and Colin and what you're saying about energy, like the Sabaton guys came out and they're used to playing in Europe 50,000-seat stadiums. Like they're huge. Um, they came out and they performed it just like it was that kind of scale of gig. And they um, they were super tight. Um, they had excellent sound. Yeah. One of the best sounds for the day. Um yeah, and I think overall at the end of every song, and I, I don't know the lead singer's name, something to look up, but um, he was just having the most glorious time. End of every song, he'd appreciate the crowd and he had this gigantic grin on his face and the whole band were just having the time of their lives. So, you know, a couple of highlights. Um, being in Australia, they played a song called Cliffs of Gallipoli, so that was a huge moment for a lot of the Aussies um, yeah. and then uh, getting the crowd involved with um, the Red Baron, um, which is another song about World War One. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, their showstopper show ender to Helen back is, is a great song. Um, and that just delivered so tight, so professionally, brilliant show. Um, you could tell they were also having fun as well. Like, uh, with all the pyrotechnics, the, the singer was getting quite visibly sweaty. Um, so the bandmates just started uh, gluing guitar picks to his head <laughs> <laughs> during the songs. Um, and that was, you know, they had a big laugh. And so picks and picks and drumsticks went flying into the, uh, into the crowd. So just an overall brilliant show. Could have easily headlined. Yeah. Their, their backdrop was pretty amazing. It was Sabaton, the big Sabaton logo, uh, a tank. And then just a fuck ton of emus around it, <laughs> and it was kind of reminiscent, almost of the like coat of arms of Australia, like it was the, you know, but it was just two emus facing off over yep. this gigantic <laughs> barrel of a of a tank. <laughs> yeah, who, who can forget the great emu war, mate? Yes, especially not Sabaton. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I was at. I mean, I guess going back to Cosmic Psychos, um, they actually sounded really good. They sounded great. Yeah. Um, what I liked about them was they didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like they were just having fun. Yeah. Um, I can't remember some of the jokes, but I remember the last one. They're like, all right, we're not going to end on a song. We're going to end on a documentary. And then just started playing a song. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just random stupid humor, which was good to hear. Was it? Was it? Uh, yeah. And we're playing in Melbourne. And I don't know if this ties in, but this is. Was it City of Fuckwits? Fuckwit City. Fuckwit City. <laughs> um, uh, they got a good cheer from me. Yeah. And the guitarist, they did a guitar solo, and he's basically unbuttoned. Bearing in mind, these guys would be about 60. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, 60, not in, you know, athletic shape, beer bellies, etc. But he's just like, he's pulled his T-shirt apart, he's doing a guitar solo above his head while he's wiggling, he's rolling his stomach up and <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was standing up on a speaker. Um, but during this times. time is when uh, the crowd started to gather for Electric Cowboy and we thought that the crowd would be huge and it yep, was. It was big. A lot of people dressed up uh, for similar from the outfits from uh, Pump It and Hyper Hyper as well as... We got uh, the moves. We got the moves. So we had a pretty good spot. We were pretty much dead center next to the um, sound uh, sound desk and I was I was very excited to see these guys. And look... I just want to say I had a good time, mm-hmm. but the sound was shit. Yeah, the sound was horrible, and I think I think Electric Coolboy have a little bit to do with that. Also, being that so much of their stuff was on a backing track, um, the full every singing part for every song was on a backing track, which um. Like he still sung and you could mm. still hear him sing live, but it was just those moments where he would like let the crowd sing hyper hyper and like it, you could still clearly hear him singing. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was slightly weird. Um, I think there was a bit of guitar as well on there because yeah, there was, there was just a lot going on and there was a lot of them standing on stage clapping and doing things like that. Yeah. Um, the crowd engagement was fucking amazing. The though. crowd engagement was great. Yeah. Um, the crowd was well into it. Um, but yeah, and then going back to the sound, like one of their big hits is We Got The Moves and it has this just filthy Euro trash EDM drop in it. And going back to what you talk about, like you want the bass to hit you in the chest. Mm. And I was expecting that for that part and it didn't really happen. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed in that. But then again, I was still very happily standing next to you going, singing along to it. So Yeah. I found it hard to get into it purely because it was so quiet. Like you and I could have a conversation and we were only level with the mixing desk. Like we weren't miles back. I was like to me it lost all the energy because it just wasn't loud. Like it, I just found it difficult to get into. Yeah, me too. I, I saw the end. I came in. Probably halfway through Hyper Hyper, um, which is about the midpoint of the set, I believe. And yeah, it the volume that th- that was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, where's the rest of the music? Like, it yeah. just sounded so quiet. Um, and then just sort of eavesdropping on all the people around me, they they were saying the same thing. I'm like, can't hear a fucking thing. Yeah, and we were only like just off to the side of the sound desk. Like, yeah. we should have been like blown away by the sound. Yeah. And that's why I was sort of, you know, what we opened with when we're talking about through the grave, there must have been issues with with one of those speaker stacks because every other stage was the sound mixing notwithstanding at least loud enough where you felt like you're at a gig. But overall, Mm. every band could have been louder. Yeah. But especially on that particular stage. Yeah. Um, And that, like you say, when you've got a band that, is like Electric Cowboy, which you just need to like, you need to feel the music more than anything else. Yeah. And that wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, I know there's limitations on decibel levels um, for every music show, especially an outdoor festival. But that 
like you said, that particular stage and that particular set just seems so quiet. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was point. like, yeah, it was like they done sound check and then forgot to fucking turn it up to <laughs> like, like showtime level, if you want to call it that. Like it was almost like you were listening to it with earplugs in. Yeah, it's like I expected it to sound like that if I was at the bar. If I was at the bar and it sounded like that, I'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, that's fine. I'm miles away. Yeah. But we were level with the sound desk right in front. Like we should have been copying those, especially like all the 808 electronic bass drums they've got, which is just a doosh, doosh, doosh. Like it should have been, should have felt like we we're at HQ or yeah. something. Like I, I mean, I posited the theory that maybe. And this is before I kind of listened to rest the rest of the day, and maybe it was me with rose colored glasses. But I'm like, oh, maybe they played a little bit softer because they really wanted that fan engagement. But even still, you know, I mean, it's it, go- it's still going to be there because their mic volume will then be louder. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's, and like I've I've really found it difficult to get into it. Like I just mm. stood there. I could. There was no point in me singing because. Yeah. Like then I wouldn't even hear the, the them at all. Yeah. I mean, I was still singing. I was getting into it. But. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to bring your enjoyment down. Yeah. Either. yeah. You don't want to be buzz killing. I don't want to be buzz killing. So I just kind of sat there and want to hear a story about a bridge. <laughs> that said, um, if we want to speak about them and their performance, oh, do you have something to add to that first? Oh, yeah. Just um, I, I was very aware of my disappointment with that because I when I came over from Sabaton, my first thought was, I'm really glad I watched all of Sabaton because yeah. I was planning to leave and then come and see full Electric Cowboy, but yeah. I feel I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we if we move on to Electric Cowboy and how they actually performed in that, mm. they were great. Yeah, they were awesome. Super high energy, costume changes, yeah. even though it was very minimal costuming. Great that they still yeah. put the effort in. To all the costumes that come from all the singles. Um, yeah, they even had the wigs on for... Yeah. We got the moves. Yeah, there was a gentleman that was near us uh, who had cut his hair into a bowl cut. Had real a hair, real no wig, real no, not a wig, real hair. Um, into the bowl cut from we got the moves. Um, he had the little hands. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. The fingertips. Yep, the little <laughs> finger hands. Yeah, um, they were great. All it did though in seeing it just made me want to see them at like Debbie or Fowlers or something like that. It just, yeah. I'm like I have to see them on their own at. A separate show. I, yeah, I wouldn't. Don't get me wrong. If they came to another festival in Adelaide, I'd probably go check it out. Yeah, for but sure. I don't know if I would get on. A, you know, drive eight hours to Melbourne to see them again as part of a festival. No, which is a shame, but still doesn't stop me liking no. them. They're still fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I thought once again they were let down by the sound. Yep. Not them. They were. They seemed to be fine. Yeah, performing, having fun. Yeah. So, and now it's at this point that we kind of. Simon catches up with a couple of his mates. Jim and I go for a little waddle around the place, get some food. Um, like like we said earlier, so many good food options. Um, uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Jim just mentioned uh, we did see ten minutes or so about Lacuna Coil. They were good. They were tight. Sounded great. And it was the stage right next to Electric Coolboy. Yeah, which so was disappointing. Might feed into the fact that maybe something was wrong with one of those stacks. Yeah. On that particular stage. It was interesting to watch Lacuna Coil and realize because they have the two vocalists. They've got the female and male vocalists. Mm. And they have to have two vocalists to do what 
Tatiana from Ginger can do with as one person. Mm. Now, the female from Lacuna Coil is an incredible singer, but it's just amazing that Gin, uh, Tatiana can just do the roars, the screams, mm. and the beautiful high pitch. Yeah. That requires two people. With that said, I thought Lacuna Coil were were good. They were tight. They knew exactly what they were doing, put on a good show, good energy. Um, Did they have a big crowd? Yeah, I yeah, think they, Electric Cool Boy would have had the biggest crowd outside of like the main stages. Lacuna Coil, I think they had a, quite a small but really enthusiastic yeah. fan base there. So that was good to see. Um, but getting onto the, the vocal um, element of Lacuna Coil, um, I, their vocal range as a pair still is greater than Tatiana's by herself. Yeah. Like she yeah. can go... Super, super high, like sopranino kind of yeah level of 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 high vocals, which you know may alienate some people or it may may really like mm. draw part some people in. I don't particularly care for it, um, but that said, still an enjoyable band with some with some classic sort of new metal tracks. Yeah, I mean that's and, the other thing is Ginger are miles away from Lacuna Coil in sound. Lacuna Coil yeah. are straight up. The early, their early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, whereas Ginger is modern. Yeah, they're aiming to do different things, obviously. Yeah. But, but um, uh, it is interesting to. I mean, you can say the same with Electric Cool Boy. Yeah, they've got two vocalists, and yeah. Tatiana shits all over both of them. I'd say <laughs> in, oh, yeah. in vocal, uh, yeah. like in singing and in screaming. Yeah, different different things. Yeah, but yeah, I thought they were, I thought they were good. Um, then yeah, we waddled on, did our thing. And then we eventually made our way back towards the main stage because um, we were getting ready for. Uh, well, Jim and I were like, "Oh, well, let's check out Gojira." So mm. we, we, we've you've in the past, Jim, you've listened to a little bit of Gojira, so you were somewhat familiar with their stuff. Yeah, I um, I can't say I'm I'm a Gojira like super fan by any stretch, but I I do quite enjoy. Um, what they do and their their stage show. That was the first time I've seen them properly. I've sort of walked past them at another festival way back in the day. Um, but for what I can tell, they've just grown from strength to strength in terms of how popular they are. Um, not something I'm going to get into, I don't think, long term. Um, but that said, like, they just – they almost had this like crazy focus on stage. Like they were really channeling like this anger into their music, which I think was, was pretty cool. Um, but then between each track, it was, you know, they were very appreciative of the crowd and everything like that. So yeah, they, they put on a good show. I thought um, slightly muddy sound, but we were also on the opposite side. So we were sort of in front of the you know the opposing stage, so potentially that we lost a bit from that. I think it was more more muddy vocals, um, yeah. guitar, bass, drums all sounded fucking tight as fuck. Um, the drum was incredible. He was really engaging in the crowd. I reckon he would have thrown out about fifty drumsticks out into the crowd. Yeah, he's he's con- he's considered one of the best metal drummers in the world yeah, at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. I watched Gojira from back at the bar. Yeah. Um, 
once again, it did sound muddy, but having seen Gojira before, also at a festival, they had a muddy sound then, and I think it's their sound doesn't really translate heaps well um, outdoors. Mm. Yeah, it could it be. Is, it is very recorded. Like, yeah, on the the, I think it's the album I've listened to most of theirs is the Way of All Flesh. Yeah, and that's got a really clean. Um, mastering to it, yeah. So I think, yeah, it, it's probably just the festival yeah. sound. It'd I think interesting to see them in a in a proper venue. Yeah, but I did think they they performed well. Like yeah. they sounded sounded great. Um, I thought it dragged on a bit. <laughs> like they <laughs> their do, set. Like they, they do have some sameness to their songs. They, yeah, at like. And that was always one of my problems with Gojira is because Gojira are considered this great prog metal kind of band. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. But um, they there's a lot of sameness to a lot of their songs to me. Yeah. I mean, that's just going off the two times I've seen them live. Like I haven't actually sat down and listened to a record. Which is really strange because if you listen to – I'm going to keep going back to it as an example. The Way of All Flesh as an album is quite a proggy album in that there's a lot of variance and there's a little bit of electronic element into in some of those songs. Um, but, yeah, it seems like when they're at a festival especially, they just play what they would consider their more popular songs, which yeah. are pretty Probably classic maybe. kind of yeah. metal I wouldn't say prog. I did notice that uh, I think we both exclaimed at one point looking at the guitarist using a Telecaster with EMG pickups or two EMG pickups. Yeah, modified telly. Yeah, yeah, modified telly. And then watching them play like one of the chords looked like the most uncomfortable chord to play at all with your left hand. Yeah, like six frets. It's like, holy fuck, how is he stretching like that? And then like quickly jumping into like, some fucking heavy chugging, and then back into that court. I'm like, what the? F- Your hand must be absolutely fucking rooted by the end of the day. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't do it with my sausage fingers. So props to him. Um, but I thought, yeah, Gojira, I, I quite enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I like again, not a huge, huge fan. I like their stuff, but um, they just put on a. I thought they put on a good show. Um, right at the end, they blast off like confetti cannons. Which yeah. visually was awesome. Looked like a mixture between like snow and butterflies and fucking all this shit flying through the air and just looked gorgeous. Yeah. No idea what it was meant to represent, but it was cool. Yeah, it looked, it looked cool from back where we were because it actually travelled across to the other stage. Yeah. So it went like across the full crowd instead of like <laughs> just away to nothingness. So it kind of worked in their favour, the win then. I suppose it, it does lead even with it. Unless anyone else got anything to say about Gojira. No. No. I think we're done with Gojira. Um, The confetti floating across to the other stage. So while Gojira are playing, uh, there is a big uh, tarp being put up, which was Herb Allwright and the Tequila Brass with a giant cheese grater being dragged up the front of the other main stage. And it was like, okay, we know what's coming up next. So Tism were up next. And obviously they've put this giant tarp up to try and block out 
well, TISM are getting set up to do. And people who know TISM know that occasionally how they have some crazy get-ups and all that sort of stuff. Well, the TARP didn't really want to agree with it. And so it was kind of holding up. And then it got down to, I want to say, about about two clips just holding it yeah, up. Yeah, it was working from outwards in. Yeah. So, like, the yeah. middle section was hung up, which was probably lucky for yeah. it. Yeah. The middle yeah. section. Yep. And so you see, at one point, the I think it was the one on the right-hand side, fall down, and you see one of the guys from TISM in all their glory turn around, look at the crowd, fucking, and then duck behind the tarp again. It was fu- I'm like, this is classic tism. This the, uh, this just makes me almost think this was planned. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could have been. Who knows? But so yeah, so tism were up next. First gig in how many years, Simon? Nineteen. Nineteen years. Don't include the three they played in the past three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, well, they had to get warmed up. Had to get warmed up. So tism played, mm. and I have to say, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I was once again still out the back, but um, kind of removed myself from my group of friends I was with, so I could stand <laughs> and watch from from afar. Yep. Um, couldn't see Tism. Could see the big twenty foot balloons that <laughs> was hanging off each of, of each member's back. The giant so, um, that was cool. Giant silver, <laughs> giant silver, semi phallic looking balloons. Coming. I thought maybe anal bead or yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, Benoit balls. Kind of, kind of, not ribbed is not the right word. Oh, no, it was ribbed for ribbed. their pleasure. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big silver things. They kind of look like weather balloons. Yeah. Uh, there's Tism in all silver jumpsuits. Um, Facing the hot western sun. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been fucking great. It would have, that would have been disgusting. One member during the course of the show lost basically half of his outfit and was then just running around with a balaclava and what looked like a gimp chest piece. Um, yep. And then I think the, one of the other lead singers uh, lost half of his jumpsuit. So, but he looked like kind of jacked. Like, yeah, Tism's kind of fucking ripped. Um, <laughs> but they were, it was just a, it was a fun show. Lots yep. of, they, they played all the classics. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing they didn't play is, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at least I'm not a fucking. Um, <laughs> they didn't play that. No, they didn't play that. They didn't play. They didn't play. Um, I rooted a girl, rooted a guy. Yep. Who rooted a girl? Who rooted Shane Crawford? Yeah. But apart from that, I think they hit. Yeah, they hit all the marks. I believe in. Uh, was it? I believe in apathy. Um. Yeah. That, that's okay. Kind of, hey. Death. Yeah, they played Death. <laughs> death was brilliant because they're holding up just these. Um, they hold up the lyrics. The, yeah, the, pla- <laughs> the these placards with the words that the and all the crowd singing along death, to death. it. Death, 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 murder, murder, murder. Amway, Amway. Um, play Thunderbirds coming out. Yeah, Greg, you missed the stop sign. Yeah. Bearing in mind that uh, Wildism are playing, and obviously every band's got their. Generally, you've got those big banners up behind them yep. and all that sort of stuff. No, so Tism have a bunch, oh, yeah. a bunch of tradies working in the background. Even putting up like the the fence, the cyclone fencing. They've got a cement mixer going, uh, hard hats, all that stuff. They've even got like the security signs on there. 
Um, and all traffic their control. yeah traffic control, and they're building, <laughs> they're building uh, and constructing the letters T I S and what should be M, but when it goes up, it's an N. For <laughs> <End of> November. <laughs> um. Yeah, I had no idea what was happening because I couldn't see. Like I said, from where I was, I couldn't see anyone on the stage. I could just see the balloon. So I was watching the screens most of the time. And the screens were showing the TISM members. And then I seen a cement mixer on stage and I was like, what is going on? And then eventually seen the TIS and go up. And I was like, classic TISM. Yeah. Classic TISM. But they, that ended up in the crowd, those letters. Yeah. And people were crowd surfing on them. Yeah, so they ended up basically – what turned out to be styrofoam, what yeah. it looks, um, threw them into the crowd. Um, yeah, like crowd surfing and dancing on the um, on the broken tea. Yeah. I think they, it was. They, they tore the tea apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like zombies on a brain. Um, but I, there, there was some very dedicated fans out there because I saw a bloke a couple of hours later still carrying his half a tea or maybe yeah. it was the eye or something, but – <laughs> um yeah look i think definitely one of the higher points of the sh- of the day like they just um i guess the the atmosphere in the crowd was was half of the fun yeah um because yeah. the music's ludicrous and and catchy and hilarious um i mean the sound i mean you would be better judges for how it sounded yeah, it was all right. from where i was it sounded fine yeah um it was, it was I mean, never. It was never going to be stellar sound, but I mean, it's it's tism. As long as the the drums and the vocals are clear, like mm. you're kind of going to get. We had what you, need. you got the you got pretty clear um guitar work, which yeah. was good. Um, was it one of the tracks? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, might have been Greg the Stop Sign. They were smacking tennis balls out into the crowd. Yeah. Um, which I was surprised not to see them go the other way. Um, like them throw them back at Tism. Yeah. Because one of the other things that I loved about the the crowd at Tism, and it's it's obviously a very Tism thing, it's like after every song, like good, uh, most people were cheering, but there was a huge portion of people that were booing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Tism is shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that was good. Everyone was sort of in on the jokes. Yeah. And that was that was what made it so much mm. fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think it was during Greg the Stop Sign. I can't remember what song it was, though. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I know they used to bring out, you know, the um, the backyard game you have where it's like a pole which has a tennis ball and a, a string. A tether ball. A tether ball. Yeah. They used to bring that out on stage and have a game of that during a song <laughs> as well. And then um, and then when it gets to the chorus, they'd stop and do the dance moves and then they'd continue going on with that. Um, so, yeah, them and sports, they've always done things like that, like bring out cricket bats and yeah. – there was oh, some. Shit. There was a couple of little um, spoken word things as well. A little yeah. bit of poetry, which is cool. Yeah. There was a big uh, poetry thing about uh, tradies get the ladies. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was also about something about anti-vaxxers being fuckwits. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the I can't remember what that one was about, but that was that was good. So yeah, Tism were fucking brilliant. I I'm really glad. I'm really glad we saw them. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's. The beginning. Yeah. I'm hoping that they, I mean, maybe not straight away, but hopefully they do an actual tour and we can watch them in Adelaide. Yeah. At 
a Thebby or Hindley Street Music Hall or whatever they would feel. Now, Tism, we chose Tism at the expense of Soulfly and Pale Dusk. Yes. Do either of you two have any regrets about that or thoughts about that? My thought is I've seen Soulfly before and I'm not by any means – I don't hate Soulfly. I'm just not a fan. Like I just don't listen to them. Um, so that wasn't a big clash moment for me. Um, but having recently listened to some Pale Dusk, I really hope they go from strength to, to strength and have a long career and tour a lot in Australia because their recorded stuff sounds manic and it would be a wicked show. So I'm I'm a bit – I'm really glad I saw Tism and I know that it was one of your big moments, Josh. So it was – I was happy to watch it because I had a great time anyway. But, yeah, I mean, I wish I'd seen Pale Dusk. Yeah. So – Soulfly, I want to see. Um, they were, yeah, they were one of the first kind of bands that got me into metal. I'm a massive fan of them. Not really, but to me, I've kind of seen every band I want to see and I'm ticking off the legacy bands and they're, mm. they're one of them. Yeah. Um, so for me, Pale Dusk will come back to Australia. They're a young band. They've clearly got a fan base. This is yeah. the second time they've been here this year. So, I mean, it might not be for another year or so, but, you know, I'm confident Pale Dusk will come back. Soulfly, I don't know because Max is getting on. Yeah. That's my only worry with that. Like, Soulfly are popular enough, popular enough to come back. Just whether Soulfly continues, like, I don't know how long. So, yeah. I but think- would I change it? No, because I don't know if Tism are back. Yeah. If I knew Tism were back, I might have done a half and half, but we don't know. They haven't said anything. Just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity because I don't have it in front of me, which stage would have Soulfly been on? Would they have, they would have been on the shit one. So, yeah, yeah. they would have. And Pale Dusk on the small stage would have been fucking interesting. Yeah. That would have been interesting now that I think about it. It would have been like seeing Dillinger Escape Plan on the tiny stage at Fowler's. So yeah, so I've seen I've seen live footage of Pale Dusk and they don't go hard like that. They like I think just tight. They're tight as fuck and like they they mosh and move around like the singer, you know, is a front man, yeah. but they're not climbing stages. They're not yeah hanging from the rafters and mm. flying into the crowd. But but yeah. like just to see a band perform something that difficult. Whilst moshing is incredible in my yeah. eyes, anyway. So, but to to see it on a small stage would have been yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too bothered about missing Soulfly because, yeah, again, have seen them before. Um, I did actually say to Jim at about halfway through Tism, I was like, "Do you want to go check out Power Dusk? I don't mind." And he says, mm. "Like, no, nah, no, nah, let's stay and watch Tism." Yeah. And honestly, glad I did because it was fucking great. Well, yeah, think, yeah. To to go back to Tism, like. When we had that conversation, it was probably about a third of the way into Tism. And I feel like a few minutes later, that show kind of kicked into the next gear. It seemed like it was going really, really well and they were sort of at cruising speed and then they went into like overtake mode. Yeah. And they just started bashing it out. And now that you bring that up, I do remember thinking – yeah, not yeah. I don't know if energy is the right word, but yeah, like I remember going. They're playing well. This is 
kind of what I expected, but I expected like more. And then there was a certain point where I can't remember when it was, but there was a certain point where it seemed like everything lifted, like the crowd lifted, the they lifted, and then that's when I was like, oh, that's all. That's the tism I've seen on all the DVDs I've got and shit like that. Like that's what's happened. And I don't know if it was maybe nerves, maybe maybe they had some technical issue happening that they were kind of trying to work out. I don't know. but Well, there seemed to be an issue with the mic, but then again, they were also making their uh, stagehands run around like uh, – like. Yeah, like yeah. Pe- like Manson at his peak with throwing the microphones around. Oh, that yeah, seemed to be like too. yeah, the microphones they were just do. dropping left and right. There's fucking stage heads running around, and at yeah. one point having to unta- untangle the balloons because they've gotten all tangled up in them. Mm. And when it- and like when hit is that Hitler Barassi? I think is his name. When he jumps into yeah. the crowd, um, he usually jumps in with the mic and loses the mic, and it gets ripped up, and then he has to <laughs> jump back on stage and then just find the guitarist's mic or something, and then start singing into that. So. It is a bit of a workout yeah. for, for everyone involved, but yeah. I do agree. And that's not to say they were shit for that first no, third no, or whatever no. it was. They it were just, great. It just something wasn't clicking. And but then, then suddenly- something something set everything off and then it was like, ah, this is the proper partytism band, mm. which is great. Maybe maybe it's years of not playing together mm. and it just took a little bit to get into it, but I'm glad it did. Yeah. So at this point, like during Tism, Jim and I didn't know where Simon was. He was out the back. So we wandered around for a while to find him. Uh, during this time, no effects playing and neither, none of us really had a, too big an interest in seeing them. No, I did watch a little bit of them because I could see them. Um, the best thing about no effects was their stage banner, which yeah. was about the size of an A3 piece of paper. Yeah, it was on fucking great. a huge fucking main stage. Um, yeah, they were, they were no effects. Yeah. Like... Yeah, they sounded the same. They looked the same. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was, fine. it was about this point that we found Simon caught up, uh, had a beverage, um, went and got some food. But then we were getting ready for probably what was should have been in theory one of the one of the highlights of the day, and that was Deftones, mm. which turned out to be probably the biggest disappointment yes, of the day. It did. It did turn out to be a big disappointment. What a band, you know, they've got such a history of awesome music and awesome stage shows and it was just, the sound was just a dog's breakfast. It was the worst sound of the day, bar none. You could not hear the vocals unless you strained. Mm -hmm. Um, And to do that to a vocalist like Chino is a fucking travesty. Mm Um. Having seen Deftones a few times, Chino's voice can be hit and miss for some of the massive notes he hits. But he just has such a fucking unique voice that even when he misses the note, you can see him straining and putting everything into everything he does that, like, he just then screams his guts up or does something cool. (laughs) I think part of the problem was we couldn't, Hear that? No, you couldn't hear any of it except yeah. for when everything died down and it was maybe like him singing over the guitar. Yeah, like with a digital bath, pull the guitar out to sing and play guitar and you could hear the guitar fine. Outside of that, you couldn't hear guitar. Yeah. Drums were a little bit all over the shops. Uh, couldn't hear any bass. It was just any... bass though. Like yeah. it was just all bass and it muddied 
absolutely everything yeah. around it. It was way and too that's loud. The thing, like you're watching them, like so we reasonable spot to see him, but we we're still looking up at the screens, and you can see Chino is like going his hardest, mm. knowing and bear in mind that he played two nights a uh, night or so before in Adelaide, mm. and so he's going hard at it, and you're just like, mate, we can't fucking hear you. Even like screaming his guts up, like he was. Like he doesn't have like a technical singing voice like Tatiana does. Tatiana can scream all day because she does it properly. Chino just screams his fucking guts up. Like I don't know how he has a voice 25 years into doing this. Mm. And you see him screaming his guts up and all you can hear is like, like over the, yeah. over the bass. And it's like I, I could, that would be louder if I stood on stage next to him because I know right. he's screaming his guts up. And I think like it was especially disappointing for me. Like I'm by no means a like a Deftones nerd, but um, it's been a bit of a running joke between the three of us about how I'd never seen them before. And this was my first Deftones gig. Mm. And I think we ended up staying for about 20 minutes and it was just, it felt like a waste of time. It did. And it wasn't just us. There was two girls in front of us who um, one of them turned around to us and she's like, this sounds horrible. And like she was a massive Deftones fan. Yeah. And she said, I wish I went to Adelaide two nights ago to see him. And I said, well, we're from Adelaide. And she's like, oh, no. And I'm like, well, yeah, like Deftones, they only – and this is another gripe I kind of have is like when they release festivals, try and release the sideshows at the same time. Yeah. Because I'm not saying I wouldn't have come. But if I knew known Deftones were going to Adelaide, like that's saving me hundreds of dollars and I could just go watch Deftones at Thebby Theatre where it would have sounded fucking mint. Like, and she said that. She's like, they released that too late, didn't they? I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, we wanted to see Tism yeah. and other things, so it's fine. Like we're not here just for Deftones. But I am a massive Deftones fan and I said to her, I'm like, we're probably going to fuck off and watch Regurgitator. And she's like, that's probably not a bad decision. Yeah. Like she was horrified by the sound. Yeah. And so was her friend. And we're yeah. like, well, you want to come to Regurgitator? We're going over there. Yeah. yeah was- Again, if where we were standing for that show, we shouldn't have been easily able to have that conversation. It was quite. And once again, we'll probably, we were close to the mixing desk. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Like I pretty much level with it again. Yeah. Almost in dead in front. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, I will say like, so I was the first one to walk off because I'm like, I'm busting it for the toilet. Yeah. Um, So I walked off. As I walked away, it actually almost kind of sounded better. Mm. Um, I actually wonder if those, so where the stage was um, and then back is obviously the mixing, mixing desk. At the mixing desk, they had uh, a big screen and big, amp stack as well i wonder if they were actually just slight. they might have been better at that point because when i walked back they sounded it sounded well, better it would it would all be the same sound going through it, like it would be the same mix going through the same mix but potentially like the, the the rear speakers behind the sound desk weren't as affected by crowd density maybe all i can think of is that the bass probably gets lost in the air while all the treble and high stuff carries mm. more clearer. So you're hearing 
just less bass because you're further away, yeah. giving it a clearer mix because that was the problem was the bass was just stupidly loud. But, yeah. Fucking stupidly loud. It was such a shame. So like It was a massive shame. So we we all left there mm-hmm. and head over to Regurgitator. Now, after Deftones was Bring Me the Horizon, who we didn't end up seeing. I like a few dead uh, Bring Me the Horizon songs, um, et cetera, but I wasn't like, I need to see them. Uh, somebody I know went and saw them and they're a big Bring Me the Horizon fan and said the sound quality there was fucking shit. That Bring Me the Horizon that as well. Bring Me the Horizon as well. See, this is what confuses me is like all these bands would have had their own sound engineers. Yeah. They would have flown their own sound engineers over with them yeah. as part of their crew. They are going to be the best people in the world to mix those bands. What's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And how can you be that inconsistent on a, on the day? Yeah. Like, how can you have like stellar performances from like Ginger Sabaton, Gojira to a degree, mm. Tism to a degree, but then like you have like the issues with Mill and Colin. No effects sounded okay. Yeah, no effects sounded uh, fine. Apparently, Amity sounded like shit. Um, uh, I watched a little bit of them. Um, Amity Affliction, that is. Yeah, they they sounded fine. But yeah, but then like, you got Deftones and fucking Bring Me the Horizon. How? How can you have that? Mm. I just it blows my mind, and I think that's to me the only real knock on the day was sound quality. Mm. And I don't, I don't think any of it is the wind thing. Like you know how sometimes you're standing there and then. For like two seconds, it sounds really bad and then it comes back. Yeah. That's the wind. It's got something to do with the wind and distance yeah, and affecting it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't doing no. that. It was all you could hear was bass. Like for Deftones, this is. All you could hear was bass. And yeah, and it wasn't windy. It, it was a slight nah, breeze and nah. it was a pleasant breeze. And yeah. it, it wasn't windy enough to affect sound. Yeah, it was just, yeah, disgustingly bad, <laughs> really. Yeah. Like, so... But yeah, so we waddled over and checked out Regurgitator. Yeah. Regurgitator were a lot of fun. They were. They were good. They had a decent crowd considering the two, like Deftones and Bring Me the Horizon, yeah. were playing and about to play. So they were like the headline on the three and four stage. Yep. And they were on the, uh, probably the third stage or whatever it is, the non electric callboy yeah, stage. Yeah, the Cosmic they, Psychos. Yeah, and they stage. sounded good. Yeah, they sounded fantastic, actually. Yeah. Easy to uh, could hear everything smoothly. Um, yeah, good mix. Um, good crowd engagement. Yeah. Um, but they were a lot of fun um, and just good energy. Played the hits. Yeah, and it's one of those bands I forgot they even existed. Like <laughs> I remember when Polyester Girl came out when I was a very young man. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, they're a lot heavier than I expected them to be. I thought they were going to be more electronic or a bit poppy. Yeah. I mean, they got... Oh, they, they were kind of cool. I, I dug it. They got a bit of a punk influence in there. I think yeah. they kind of just go for it in some songs, which is cool. Yeah. They, then they, the thing I liked is they had the crowd dancing. Yeah. Like everyone around us was dancing and you got like burly gentlemen, you got yeah. tattooed people up the wazoo. Um Big just, sing-along songs as well, yeah, like yeah, just all big sing-along you know, songs. Uh, I sucked a lot of cock to get where I am. Yeah, I had the crowd singing. Did him, yeah. Thank, it was thank great. God I didn't give you the microphone for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. 
they were dressed, it looked like they were in the, the iconic yellow, yellow Bruce Lee Kung Fu suits. I don't know if it was that, Kill but they, yeah, looked like that. Looked yeah. like the Kill Bill kind and of then thing. They, and then halfway through, like they looked like they were going to walk off and it was just like a faked out thing. And they come back on with black leather jackets and black leather hats from like um, uh, village people. Yeah, style yeah it was. It was very village um, people. But they were they were really good. They just had a – it was just a good vibe. However, it was the last band we saw of the day. Mm-hmm. And it kind – and like – so the, uh, the whole thing wrapped up by 9.30. I think uh, that's when Bring the Horizon finished. So Regurgitator – we left Regurgitator at 9, which is when it finished. Yeah. Uh, bring me the horizon, yeah. Nine forty-five. Nine forty-five. So there was still forty-five minutes but of the headline act to go. It's. St- it felt like we were. It felt a little flat. Leaving. It, it was a weird ending. It felt like Regurgitator had pumped us up for the final two bands of the day. Yeah, that's what it felt yeah. like. And and I feel like a festival like this, when a good portion of the crowd bailed after Regurgitator at nine o'clock. There were thousands leaving as it didn't with feel us. Like, yeah, it didn't feel like it was over. No. no. I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, Bring Me the Horizon are massive and are a headline act for sure. I think. Mm. Who, Regurgitator or Bring Me the Horizon? Well, Bring Me the Horizon, like, I mean, the head, whatever the headliner was going to be, like, they could have gone in terms of timing, let's say, you know, 8.30 till 10.30. Like if you think of a, of a big metal band, say Metallica or Iron Maiden stature, that kind of history, mm. there is no way they would come over for a one hour and 15 minute show. Yeah. That's a get fucked. We're a two and a half hour show. Yeah. And if you don't like it, we're not coming. Mm. Yeah. It, it was just, uh, it was a bit. And, I mean, the other problem is Bring Me the Horizon is quite a divisive band. Yeah. Like people love them. And a lot of people fucking hate them. Yeah, yeah. In this in this room, there are two <laughs> and there are two people that hate them, and one person who likes them. Yeah. But like uh, the other thing that it got me is like I don't feel like we should be ending our day at the side stages. Every you should be having, and I get yeah. and like we we kind of had this discussion last night. I feel like you should be having someone at the to finish the day where everyone kind of gravitates back towards. And it's not like um back in the day of the old big day outs where. You'd be finishing on like a big massive name on the main stage, and then there'd be a big massive name in the boiler room. Yeah, because that's two different genres. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I think re- the problem is, is Regurgitator doesn't feel like a festival headliner. Like, because yeah. I remember the last big day that I went to, where it was headlined by Arcade Fire and Pearl Jam. I went to watch Deftones headliner stage. Deftones are a headline act. That felt like an ending for me. Yeah, and. If they had pulling a band out of nowhere, um, the unset. <laughs> no, like uh, fuck, I, I can't even think of anyone. Say so they had like butterfly effect or carnival on a side stage. Not that either of them would, but they at least feel like a head headline act yeah. where they feel a, a bigger band than what Regurgitator do. Regurgitator are an old band. Mm. If you weren't, if you didn't. Grow up in the nineties and early two thousands, you wouldn't know who the fuck they see, are. See, like I know, <laughs> which I, limits their crowd size. I know you, you, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't put them over there because they're too big. But if no FX had been on that side stage, I think that might have worked a little bit better because it's yeah, it's it's a bigger band. Mm. Um, I mean, to be honest, Ginger 
could have headlined that stage, that side yeah. stage. They had a fucking massive crowd. Why would you not? Yeah. But, but they're, also, they're also a new band, a young band um, who, who could headline a side stage like that. They could fill that area. That would feel like a headline slot to me. Um, it was a weird ending. It was a very weird ending. And I was, mm. I was actually surprised by the amount of people who were leaving at the same time as us. To be honest with you, I was quite surprised. Well, when I walked, I went to the toilet, went back, and I was like, oh, I'll go hang near the bar at the back of Deftones um, and try and see you guys. Uh, I, I was, as I was walking back, there was a huge amount of people that were leaving Deftones. Like they were flooding out. Yeah. And that's when I get the message from you guys, like, oh, we're at the Gurge. Yeah. And so um, I think, yeah, that good thing is the festival themselves did themselves a disservice with the quality of that sound. Yeah. Because I reckon they the amount of people that were leaving after Recurgitator, I reckon a good portion of them would have still been there if the sound quality on those front two stages, on the main stages, were were up to the standard it should be. Yeah. Now you're still going to get the few people that are going to leave because they don't like bringing with Horizon. Get yeah. that. But I reckon more people would have been in a better mood to stay. Yeah. Because of the sound. I mean, if Deftones were great and it sounded awesome, I dare say we would have at least watched probably the first song of Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. I think with those side stages after Regurgitator, just looking at the lineup of the day on those stages, it was a lot of really heavy music. You could have had a band like Mastodon headline it and have them play from nine till ten. And I say that because they've done that very slot at Soundwave before. Mm. And that was a brilliant show. Yeah. See, that's the, the power that's, cut out halfway through. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> and they had the singer from Clutch come out. They did. That's the thing is you need some band that isn't the same as Bring Me The Horizon. So for people like us who are like, all right, we don't like Bring Me The Horizon, what are we going to watch? Masterton is completely different. That's cool. Clutch. Rick, yeah. To me, Regurgitator aren't big enough anymore yeah. to headline that stage. It could have been Regurgitator, then Electric Coolboy. Electric Coolboy with what they pulled to that stage yeah, almost could have headlined that because it's mm. not a big stage. It's a tiny stage, so you don't need much pull. Um, but, yeah. I think you mentioned that during the day was that you think they underestimated one of you two said they yeah. – I think they, they underestimated how many people were going to go watch Electric Coolboy. Electric Coolboy. Yeah, they – I mean, they're just – they're fucking massive at the moment. They're one of – the biggest band. Yeah, I think because their videos went a bit viral six to 12 months ago mm. with We Got The Moves and, and then subsequently like Hyper Hyper. It's also the fact that it's accessible. Like it's yeah. it's metal, but it's got a lot of EDM in there. And, it, and like, there's a, a lot of tongue-in-cheek lyrics like um, yeah. taking a ride on the techno train. Yeah, it's, Station, it's Station 69. The drummer played the exact same drum beats for 40 minutes. Yeah, well, yeah. Like literally, that's all he did. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that it's accessible. Yeah, like you look at, compare that to Ginger, where the drummer's just doing shit I don't even understand. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah, it's not as accessible. Like I could take my partner to Electric Callboy, and she'd probably go. Yeah, I, I get this. Yeah, I take her to Ginger, Ginger even. Yeah, she'd just be like, "No, I don't get this." <laughs> um, so yeah, 
Any uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen, about the day? Yeah, I think um, good things. They delivered a very good festival, um, but there is room for improvement, particularly in the sound areas. But I also think let's let's ramp up the party element. Let's go a little bit later and have some a little bit more consideration into the the final acts of the day mm. and timing. Yeah, I think. It's good because it doesn't feel like Soundwave. Like it feels like it's got its own vibe. Because, I mean, Soundwave is what I can compare it to. Um, it's kind of got its own vibe. Like with the fact that you've got like um, Hism, Regurgitator, um, Cosmic Psychos. You've kind of got a lot of fun yeah. bands in there, which I really like. And I think they didn't have enough of those bands. Uh, They're kind of like palate cleansers. Yeah. Like it they're, was, they're fun palate cleansers. Yeah, and it was, but the good thing about them is that they're all weird and alternative, mm. which is why they fit. Like, yeah, that's why they fit into this kind of festival. So, I like what they're aiming and what they're doing. I think there can be more of that, just like you said, that more of that party element in there if they can find more bands who, you know, are like the regurgitators and tisms and stuff because there has to be some of new bands doing that kind of stuff. Um, that would be good. And I suppose in one way it's good that they didn't bring along the chats because I think of the chats as just fun and out there, but you guys hate them. Yeah, and, I hate them. Uh, but, you know, they they kind of do that in my opinion, but yeah. but I I wouldn't want the chats at good things. But I, I, overall, good festival. Yeah. Um, don't know if I'd come to it again unless it goes to Adelaide though. Yeah. Yeah. Line up yeah, is dependent. But I don't think they're going to pull like I don't think it's going to be bigger than this. I don't think they're going to push it to a sound wave. I mean nothing really gets that the, big. The thing the thing was though they had two years to prepare for this in theory. Because they didn't want to do one in twenty twenty. They didn't do one in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Last one was twenty nineteen. Obviously They've had a bit of time off, so the you know the brains trust had time to think about. All right, how do we do this? I don't. I don't think it would have been two years. It would have only been because no one knew what was happening, and when we did reopen, no one was attending gigs, so they probably had a less time to think about it than. Yeah, you're probably giving them. I'm trying to be a nice person. <laughs> don't get used to it. I'm trying to be a nice person. I'm saying that they probably pulled that together fairly quickly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Having said that, yeah, I don't think the festival's peaked, but I would be really careful that they don't fall into the same trap that Soundwave did in that they pulled in so many bands that I think you had too much crowd spread at the end. I reckon the last Soundwave had seven stages. Now, yes, that means you can bring more bands in, but that's a lot of extra bands you're paying and you're not really getting more punters in. Yeah. So... How the hell does that work financially? So I think hopefully the promoters of good things are aware of that and and don't try and outgrow themselves like yeah. like Soundwave did, um, because there's enough music, there's enough artists in the world that can come to Australia and and make it a sellout year on year, provided they keep it interesting. Yeah, Soundwave fell into the trap of bringing back similar or the same headliners. Yeah, within a few years, and that's terrible. And we have spoken about. Soundwave's problem being that 
there's only so many headliners who can, so many artists who can headline a festival that big. Um, yeah. Which is why keeping it at the size it is now is probably good because it widens the reach of headliners. Yeah. Like Deftones can't hard headline a sound wave like at the end, but they can headline a good things. Mm. Bring yeah. the horizon a massive so they can like, they, headline they could. fucking everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing is like my, I think we were discussing this a little bit yesterday. It's like my fear is that, and we talk about them bringing it back to uh, potentially coming over to Adelaide. Like if they, if this is a success, I want them to do one more year of just East Coast and then move into Adelaide. Cause I don't, cause my fear is they expand too fast too quick. Cause I think this, this has probably got some legs to try again, to go again. Even, oh yeah. Um, definitely, definitely the options out there for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sold out Melbourne, and they sold out the extra release tickets for Melbourne. Brisbane's basically a sellout. Sydney's still got a few to go. Sydney's today. Yeah, Sydney's today. Yeah, but still, like there yeah. was, there was still, a, there were still tickets left. I think so, but and that's good. But yeah, all in all, I thoroughly enjoyed the day. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was great to get back out into it. Um, Pass F plus <laughs> click. <laughs> no, it was more than that. There you go, oh. 75 tickets. 70, 75 tickets for Brisbane. So um, so if you're in Brisbane, oh, fuck, wait. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would have given it a B. Yeah, I think I said B plus because I was a I little B. I, I tend to be overly optimistic. I think the only thing that stopped it from being like an A, A plus was the sound quality not being stellar all day. What about you, Jim? Do you want to give it a final grade? Yep, it's probably actually a B minus for me. There you go. Um, and the reason for that is that I felt it ended too early. And that yeah. was a big a big mood killer in that sense. But the sound issues notwithstanding, overall, very good. Mm. So maybe a B. Yeah. I think I didn't really have an issue of when it ended, but that's because I'm old. To, to me, it just didn't feel like it ended. It felt like I was one of those people leaving early Ooh. before the headliners. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we weren't like we'd seen – one stage close. Like yeah. if there was only 40 minutes of music left yeah. of a headliner we didn't want to see. No. It just felt weird, the ending. But, you know, all in all, thoroughly good day. Yeah. Glad we did it. Good trip. Good to go out with the lads again. Get around the music. Yeah. Lads, 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 lads. Yeah, lads. Yeah. Um, and I also do want to quickly say, well, the beer prices were pretty reasonable for festivals. Yeah. $10.50 for a can of pale. Um, the vodka crap that thing 13. that you were drinking with that 13 bucks. Yeah. I had a couple of vodka Red Bulls because they ran out of fucking beer. Um, uh, and I, I didn't want to drink the fucking whiskeys and dry. Yeah. <laughs> which Waters, did. Waters were four bucks. I thought that's a really good price for water. Yep. Um, and you had the free water there. So you only yeah. had to buy one. You could have refilled. Food prices were a little bit, little bit pricey for me, but the food quality was really good. The food quality was good. So many fucking options. I fucking. I had chicken fucking parmy. It was great. I think the the food options aren't in control of good things though. No, like no. they they just rent the rent the space out to random food trucks, don't yeah. they? So, whereas I think they probably have more influence over the bar price. Yeah, yeah, they would for sure. Yep. So all in all, a very good experience, and we hope you've enjoyed our recap. It was mm-hmm. fun to sit here and chinwag. Thank you very much, Jim, for joining us. We you, certainly have appreciated it. Pleasure. Anytime. 
Let's have to go to more festivals. Next good things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as always, you can let us know what uh, what you think if you wish you'd gone or anything of that. Um, it, we have still been giving Danny crap because he didn't join us, but you know, and Mark, two of our friends chose, chose not to come, but you know, they're not our real friends. Um, but as always, you can let us know what you think at facebook.com slash ultra of noise. You can check out Simon's band at facebook.com slash the unset. And you can check me out streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mad, mad dog Walsey. Jim, do you have anything to promote? No, I'm, I'm an internet isolate. <laughs> 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 you barely have Facebook or anything like that. Correct. Yep, yeah, good. <laughs> um, you can check him out trolling the uh, BMW tech Reddit boards. Look out for the username Big Boy Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> With his BMW stripes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it very much. Uh, stay safe and we'll see you all in the next episode bye